0: Yeah. Everybody and welcome to Vegan Snack Attack. It's John, and I'm here with Tony, the owner of three of the Los Angeles area's uh, most prized places that I like to go to eat and drink and be merry and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Tony's Darts Away, Mohawk Bend, and Golden Road Brew Pub. Are fantastic places, so I want to thank you, Tony, for bringing them to us. Uh, thank you for having the interest in it and saying those nice things about us. Oh, uh, absolutely. Well, it's kind of the perfect place where uh, we're at... right now. We are at the uh, the Golden Road Brewery location, which is right next to the train tracks, so there might be some train noises. But it's the perfect uh, combination, perfect place to take somebody who isn't vegan and maybe doesn't want to eat vegan food. Let's say you're going to a, just like a bar and you want everybody to be happy. Any one of your places is perfect. You have, I'd say it's probably fifty-fifty vegan to non-vegan food-wise, and uh, you know you can always kind of rely on the the staff to know what drinks are safe.
1: Yeah, we. I kind of lucked into that, you know. Uh, um, when I opened the first place, which was in Burbank, Tony starts way. Mm-hmm. Um, we, my wife and I, grappled with it. We didn't know what to do because. We eat a plant based diet, but we want to have a pub that you know if you if you close the door to any anyone who l- won't go out without having some meat in it, you kind of really narrow your your chances of having a successful beer place because it's esoteric enough doing just a craft beer bar, but then to kind of continue to parse it out i didn't think this anyone was ready for that, and also because most of my friends actually aren't vegan. You know, most of my friends do eat meat, and I think that if I tried to drag most of my friends to a vegan beer bar, I don't think they—I don't think a lot of them would go. To tell you the truth, so we right. we decided to rather than just either go all vegan or go total mix, we thought we'd make 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 the statement that you know vegan always comes first on the menu. We don't do things as this is the vegan option. It's always vegan right. and not vegan at all three places
0: right yeah and at Mohawk Bend the menu it's everything is vegan unless it has an NV next to it and it and uh, the mandate for the chef there is
1: to make sure that at least 50 percent of the food that's on the menu every day is vegan Um, and it's challenging sometimes because different things come in and out of season or you know different things happen that make um, you know that that, that become available to him but he's done a really good job of it and and uh, I'm it's fun for me to go there because we have so many different things happening there mm-hmm. all the time. Especially with the new brunch menu, because it's come up with mm-hmm. all kinds of creative things going on there. So, it's uh, that that's that's the one place where the menu changes the most. So it's at Mohawk Bend. At Mohawk Bend, yeah. At, at Tony's Dartsway, we do daily specials, which are always fun. And
0: our vegan daily
1: specials are probably like the most popular thing on the menu.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, so Tony's Dartsway is in Burbank. Uh, Mohawk Bend is in Echo Park. And Golden Road is in Glendale. Actually, so, it's actually uh,
1: in North Atwater Village across the oh. railroad tracks from Glendale. Yeah, on that that's how the railroad tracks is Glendale. This side is Atwater.
0: Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, a lot of people think it. I mean, we're, we're happy to be Glendale adjacent. <laughs> Glendale adjacent. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's a, a great location. A lot of people think like... Wait, where is that? That's, that's got to be really far out of the way, but it's very accessible, and it's a perfect location. You guys have a huge facility because not only is this uh, is Golden Road a brew pub, but you also have a full brewery right here.
1: Yeah, uh, um, this, is, this is a production brewery, um, but we were lucky enough to get a space that was big enough to accommodate a restaurant also. So we have a restaurant. We have a private event room. We have a really generous-sized patio. And so we we're able to attract um, retail customers, but the business is all centered on the beer, and we make beer. And currently, we distribute and uh, we distribute all around LA County and in a little bit in Orange County, a little bit into some of the other neighboring counties. And um, while our focus is, you know, brewing beer the restaurant we're really enthusiastic about the response we've had to the restaurant and it's it's been it's been fun and we're expanding it right now <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about expanding it right now yeah we're adding uh 150 seats to the patio we're actually bringing the patio around uh, if you don't know the space it's uh-huh. hard to explain but to the west and it goes underneath a, uh a cu- uh, an existing roof that's outside that was a loading area and uh, we're putting in a nice nice space there You'll have to come back and check it out
0: that's re- Oh, I'll definitely come <laughs> back to check it out uh, That's really exciting I mean, it's kind of a blessing and a curse For all three of your restaurants Is that uh, for you, it's a blessing because they're always packed. But it's a curse for me sometimes when I come and it's so busy. Come Tuesday afternoon at three p.m. It's always <laughs> oh yeah, <it's> no problem. <laughs> Everybody's available Tuesday afternoon at We're
1: 3 m. Run a two p.m. Tuesday special.
0: It's, uh, it's really know, crazy because I mean, even um, Tony's Darts Away, which has been around the longest, you have to go there pretty early if you want to get a table. It, well, it depends on the night,
1: you know. Uh, um, as the As the proprietor, you know, I like walking in there and seeing a full house, but I don't like seeing it so crowded that people can't even get service. And sometimes I walk in there and I'm like, perfect. And sometimes I think there's too many people. Sometimes there's not enough people. But mostly I get upset if there's not enough people. So um, because when we added the patio at at Tony's Dartsway, it really kind of brought a lot of people outside and gave gave it more of an open feel. And um, since then, you know, we do have crowded nights. But other than really other than like Friday night, Mm-hmm. You, it's always it's never too crazy in there. I mean, every now and then it, it goes it mm-hmm. goes a, goes a bit. But. It's
0: a it's a pretty small space, yeah. but uh, it's it's great. It has a great homey feel to it, and I love how you guys have plenty of like board games and stuff. Yeah. And well, it's we, like going into somebody's yeah. like you know cool uncle's basement, you know. Well, thank you for saying <laughs> that. That's kind of what we we're
1: going for. And I, yeah, and when I first got started in it, I wanted it to be a an American reflection of pub culture that I'd been exposed to in England and in Canada as a mm-hmm. youngster. And um, the guy who was helping me, the consultant I hired, because I'd never been in the restaurant business, was helping me kind of get started. He brought me these charts and all these things telling me about how, okay, we're going to try and turn tables this fast. We're going to try and do this. We're gonna, and his whole thing was about trying to maximize dollars per square foot, which I totally understand. Well, I, well, I mean, I totally get what he was trying to do. And I said, no, that's not what I'm, I want at all. Like, I want to put board games in. I want to put books in. Mm-hmm. I want I want people to sit there for a long time. I want what I don't want the business to be the thing that's going to make the most money per square foot. I want the business to be what I would like if I was hanging out at the pub. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And um, he said, okay, well, give me a vision of what this looks like. And I said, okay, give me a time the day. You know, he's like, okay, Wednesday, 4 p.m. You know, whatever it was. And uh-huh. I kind of told him what I wanted. And he's like, "Well, I don't think you're going to be successful there." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I mean, we're we're real happy with how people have perceived it and to me, of the three places, it's the most relaxing place for me to go because it's more established, it's very comfortable and I like going to all three places, but that place to me is like you know it's like it's like going home.
0: And how long has Tony's Dartsway been around? Uh, about,
1: well, it's been around for about forty years. I've owned it for two and a half years. Okay, yeah,
0: and it's current, yeah. right? That's and only, only two and a half years.
1: Yeah, it's funny people really think it's like a really well-established place, but I think it speaks more to the fact that the craft beer culture in LA has really come a long way in a short time. Because uh, I've heard people say, "Oh yeah, you've owned that place for what eight, ten years?" and I'm like, "No,
0: right, right." And I know that you are really into local breweries and bring as much local everything as possible. So how does, let's say, Tony's Darts Away stack up in terms of like percentage of local to anything that's Well, everything, everything we do
1: at all our places, we always try and buy... I mean, we're real lucky, right? We live in Southern California, so we can get California-grown produce pretty easily, and we get California-raised meats at our places pretty easily, and um, at Tony's darts way we do exclusively California beer exclusively California wine and exclusively California soda and oh, okay so we don't like you can't you can't get a Budweiser or you can't even get a, a dogfish head or, or, or even a like a like a rogue or something like that even from Oregon everything everything we've ever served in Tony's darts Way is made in California um, and that was it, it You know, when we came up with that idea, when I came up with that idea, it was really because I wanted to open a brewery, and I wanted to get in the beer business. I wanted to open a brewery, and I felt like LA wasn't ready for a brewery. And what drove me to feel that way was because there was nowhere to drink all the great beers being brewed everywhere else in California, and so I was. My my thought was, well, damn, if people here aren't drinking russian river and people here aren't drinking ale and people here aren't drinking sierra nevadas like regularly all over the place then then who the heck am i to you know come up with a beer and get people to drink them so my idea was i'm gonna the the motto was you know bringing the fine beers of california to the fine people of la and i thought you know i'm seeking this stuff out i bet there's other people seeking it out and when I first took the lease at Tony's Dartsway, everyone was like, are you crazy opening up on, like, the uh, dark part of Magnolia and Burbank? Like, no one's going to come out there. Huh. And uh, my wife was, just, like, really opposed to the idea and everything. Now, now you know, we're, we're very happy that people have found us and love what we're doing there.
0: It, yeah, it's it's really great and it's a very comfortable place. Um and it's just fantastic that it's all everything is local. Yeah. So that's that's a big part of that place. Then when we when when Mohawk came around,
1: um we wanted to kind of take it one step further. And Mohawk's a very different vibe than Tony's Dartsway. It's It's a lot... It's, it's, I wouldn't say it's upscale. It's not really upscale. It's a real casual place, but it has a more grand feeling to it. It's more bustling. It's more urban. Well, it's a very cool space. Thank you. It's, it was a theater, yeah, correct? It was a, it was a vaudeville theater, originally built and uh, opened in 1913, so it's mm-hmm. about 100 years old. Um, it had been uninhabited <clears throat> commercially for over 20 years. 24 years, I think, was the right number. And when we took over... It was basically a pile of crap, like the entire building. We had, we, every single thing in there other than the brick on the back room has been replaced. And that really? Was, and the brick's 100 years old. Everything else is like every beam that you see, every the roof, the walls, the floor, I mean everything has been replaced. We, we, it was a it was a full on gut job there, it,
0: and yeah, I remember that space had been vacant you know for such a long time, and I, I didn't realize that Tony's Darts Away only opened two and a half years ago, uh, and Mohawk opened with within this past year, a year and a month ago. So, why did you decide to so quickly, open another one? Well,
1: everything kind of happened around the same time by accident. Um, I originally wanted to open Mohawk Bend, and the idea was I was going to open just the front half of it, and I was going mm-hmm. to lease out the back half to someone else, and I wanted to open a beer bar in Echo Park. I live in Los Feliz, mm-hmm. not too far from there. So do I. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea was I wanted something local, and I wanted to put in a good beer bar. And then as I was working on that, my friend Brian opened up a place in Hollywood called Blue Palms.
0: Which Blue Palms is, is great. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic
1: place. And uh, he and I weren't friends at the time. We've become friends since, mm-hmm. actually. And that's the place I walk. I can walk there from my house, pretty much. Walking there is easy. Walking home is a little hard. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, but, you know, you have a few, yeah, and exactly. it gets a little easier.
1: Um, so I didn't want to be too close home because I didn't want to be, you know, right on his toes. So I looked at Echo, in Echo Park, and it took me a really long time to get the lease done there and to get the mm-hmm. permits and everything. It was taking forever. And I'd made commitments to people about... What i was gonna do i mean I, you know you walk around and tell people you're opening a california only beer bar and you're gonna put in all these taps and like you're really committed and so people either believe you and sell you the beer or they think you're full of crap and uh, no one had really done anything like that in la at that time when i was talking about it so it was taking so long at echo in echo park that <clears throat> i went out and i bought tony's darts away as kind of a way to get my feet wet get in the business uphold my commitments to people that i was hiring like i talking to Chefs and servers and people, you know, and brewers. There's a lot of brewers. So we opened Tony's not as an afterthought, but more of, I was like, okay, this is a good way for me to kind of, you know, launch into the business. Sure. And then as soon as Tony's opened, Mohawk, of course, started to move really quickly along. So you know one thing leads to another as soon as I had you know I got a letter from the mayor of Burbank saying you've done a great job here thank you very much and you give that to the people yes, powers right. that be in LA and all of a sudden they start being things a little, move long, a little bit faster yeah and then our goal was actually to open a, my wife and I had a goal was to open four or five bars of restaurants around LA around LA and then once we did that we'd open a little tiny brewery and we would make beer and we'd sell them just to our own places and see if we could get a hit and if we can get a hit then try and build a brewery around it but then I I met Meg, and uh, Meg and I hatched this scheme to. Uh, right. to She's open. your golden road business partner. Yeah, Meg Gill is my golden road business partner, and um, she and I talked about opening a brewery together. And she is a force of nature, as I like to say. And uh-huh. she and basically, it just happened so quickly because we we got into business and all you know.
0: Right, yeah. So you opened up Mohawk Bend a little over a year ago, right. and already Golden Road's been going on for how long? Uh, nine months since the
1: restaurant opened, 11 and a half months since uh, we brewed our first batch of beer.
0: I don't know how anybody <laughs> can keep up with you. <laughs> this is wild. It's, yeah. it's absolutely, absolutely well, talk crazy. on top of all
1: that, we my wife and I had baby twins. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> uh, 17, 16 months ago, so that all happened around the same time. Oh, my
0: goodness. It's been... <clears throat>
1: I'm yeah. I, next year, I'm planning on sleeping a lot. This year, I, sure, I, I have a right. lot. I don't have much time.
0: Okay. Uh, before Tony's Darts away, what was your life before before all of this?
1: Uh, I was involved in a bunch of different things, but uh, leading up to Tony's Darts away, I was working in uh, internet business consulting, and I had a <clears throat> I had a bit of a background of that from some work that I'd done uh, over the last few last year last years prior to that. And I kind of left what I was doing, and I started I had my own little consulting firm, and I had a few clients I was working with. And I just wasn't into it, you know. I was home brewing and drinking beer and reading about beer and traveling for beer and all that. And um, you know, it became clear that well, I needed to get out of sitting in a little cubicle surrounded by screens. As you can see in my office, there are no screens, which is kind of this is awesome, right? It's
0: pretty great. <laughs> it's lot pretty great space and a lot of books and crap, but no,
1: and beer, a lot of beer, but yeah. not, not, not one screen. I can't, that's, I'm pretty, I'm
0: pretty proud of that. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Uh, so you just kind of went for it. You just launched right into it and well, I, going you know, great. I, uh, I didn't know what path to take. Like I said, I've I
1: want, ultimately I want to own, own a brewery and I wanted to brew beer. And that's the thing that kind of inspired me and interests me the most, but what got me to beer as a kid, you know, what got me, and when I say kid, I obviously mean legal drinking age, um, <laughs> what, what got me into beer originally wasn't even the beer, it was more pub culture. Uh-huh. So, I've, and, and, um, and it's something that we don't really have that much of in L.A., you know, um, there's not a really strong pub ethic here, and I think it has a lot to do with the driving culture. You know? Right, right. Um, I think, you know, I like, I love the concept of the pub being an extension of your living room and you don't make plans to go to the pub. You don't, you don't, uh, dress up to go to the pub. You don't do that. Like you go to the pub cause you finished your day and you go to the pub and you see your friends or you don't, or you go isolate yourself in the corner and read a paper or whatever it is, but it's just kind of a, a part of your day. And, um, and so as soon as it, it became clear to me that opening a, a brewery was premature, I really immersed myself in the idea of trying to bring a little bit of pub culture to different neighborhoods in LA, and Burbank, which you know I told you before was kind of an afterthought. It was an afterthought to do that place, but once I got into it, I realized the power of doing something like that because so many people can walk there, and and, That's it, right. yeah. and it's so close to the studios that there's a, we, we knew we had a built-in kind of lunch crowd there if we wanted it. Mm-hmm and there was really nothing else around there that had that kind of that kind of vibe to it. So when we the deeper and deeper I got into the pub culture of it, the more I got attracted to that, and so I was kind of when you say it all took off at one time, it was kind of I was kind of on two tracks, but luckily for me, if you're into pubs and beer, they kind of go together very nicely. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. But it's been I think it's been kind of inspiring, you know, in a pretty shaky economy. You know that somebody could open up within just a few years three successful establishments. Successful uh, so far. I think. Successful <laughs> so far. Uh, like I said, it's always busy. When when Mohawk Ben first opened, I could not get in there. I it was there. <laughs> yeah, it was like at least a two hour wait, oh, and there was we no. Went, way. And we got clobbered. We got clobbered. I mean we have a really great
1: uh team that handles h- handles all of our social media and our pu- our publicity and stuff like that and um it's funny because it's like i said it's pretty esoteric to have a all california craft beer bar that specializes in vegan food that you know d- doesn't you know have like a zero waste policy for our bar and all those things and uh, we found this group who was really excited about what we were doing and really kind of championed it and we did so well at, at Mohawk uh, sorry at, at Tony startsway with it that when Mohawk came along and it was taking the concept even further they went to town with it and we started getting picked up by all these publications like it was way more than we we could have ever anticipated or expected or wanted or anything and when we finally opened, and we were getting—I was getting letters from people like, "When the hell are you going to open already?" I've been walking by there for six months. He's like, "Sorry, dude, it's just a restaurant, you know." And uh, when we opened, we literally opened, and there'd be a two-hour wait, half hour after we open. Our kitchen got hammered with people; like we—we mm-hmm. we, couldn't—we just couldn't keep up. We dropped—we dropped so many balls, and we were trying to learn as we go and everything like that. So you say it's always crowded. It used to be really, really crowded, and I have to say the service wasn't that great, and food was a little inconsistent. We've really—it's been a year now. We've really got it. It's a pretty well-oiled machine now.
0: I've definitely noticed changes. I was actually there on Friday. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, every time I go, I notice that. The menu gets more interesting sometimes, and then it 's just like the the services just keeps on getting better and better um, yeah. and we have, some, we have no. a new general manager, Dana,
1: who is fantastic and she 's really kind of smoothed things out over there and um, I think the group that we put together that I put together originally, who opened it up. We were all, our hearts were all in the right place, and we all wanted to do it. And we all had, had some restaurant experience, mine just from Tony's, but we did it. But the difference between running a, a small place like Tony's that holds 100, 125 people if it's packed, right. to going to a place that holds 300 people with an open kitchen where everybody's scrutinizing everything you're doing and And, you know, in that kitchen, we have a vegan side and a not vegan side, everything. Which is fantastic. It's just such a complicated organism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a full bar there, but it's all California spirits, all California mixes. If they don't make it in California, we make it in-house. So we make our own juices and our own mixes and our own soda. We make all our own sodas. It's just such a complicated animal. It, it, It was a... I don't know why we even thought we could succeed like that, but it's taken a year and now we I think we've got it pretty well well dialed in.
0: Well, since you just mentioned it, on Friday I for the first time there, I usually I'll get beer there, but I was compelled to get a gin and tonic. And you guys make your own tonic, and it was the best gin and tonic I've ever had. Well, th- you know it's funny. I, I, honestly I don't think I've ever had a glass of tonic in my life. I would say
1: once a month somebody writes an email or puts it on our Facebook I drink gin and tonic all the time and that's the best gin and tonic I've ever had. And I don't I, honestly I don't even know what tonic tastes like. It's, like
0: but. <laughs> it's it's a little it's a little off. Yeah. But but the way that you guys do it is so good. And it was actually really exciting to go to a place where all of the, you know the liquor's local. So you're not getting the typical like, you know, tangray and all that kind of stuff that you can get anywhere. You know, if you want you know, like the true organic or things like that. You, ha- like you go to, to, to Mohawk Bend. Yeah. Um, at least every day someone comes in and says, I want a Jack and
1: Coke. Or, and we're like, we don't have Jack and we don't have Coke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, the th- but what's nice about it is um, cheap liquor is made all over the world. Mm-hmm. And in California, you can't really make anything cheap. I mean, first of all, just the cost of living here, the cost of doing business here, the cost of labor, all those things. There's no point in making anything cheap here. So everything that we have is either premium or super premium or, you know, ultra super premium. Uh, like our, our Well Vodka, uh, two years in a row won silver medal for best vodka in the world. And that's mm-hmm. our Well Vodka from Charbet up in Sonoma. And it's like so, everything's so, you know, high qu- not just high quality, but just so like attention to detail oriented. Right. And um, and it's fun to be able to present those products and celebrate a bar that if you, most people if you walked in you wouldn't recognize a single but we probably have 100 125 different spirits there. Most people probably wouldn't recognize a single label. And uh, sometimes people get upset, you know, they I want a
0: Red Bull vodka. It's like, oh. "Sorry dude, yeah. <laughs> we do not have it." But it's, it makes it even more exciting though to try something yeah. new and be like, "Oh yeah, you know." And and for you guys to be, you know, to have it all. It's kind of like I think it's fun for the bartenders
1: too. We do these uh, contests where our own bartenders make different concoctions for different seasons, and they'll work with the kitchen. The kitchen will say, "Here are the fruits or vegetables that are going to be available, and here are some, you know, some sample tasters of them." And then whoever, basically, if your cocktail is the one that people like best, goes on the menu for the whole season, and uh, and it makes it a little, you know, I think anyone can pick up a, a bartender guide and make some pretty good cocktails. But when you don't have those exact ingredients, you really it really forces you to be creative.
0: Yeah, my friend Tom is a bartender at Mohawk Bend. I know Tom, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it always thrills me. I think it was like on the brunch menu once. What's that? He just got married. Yes, <laughs> congratulations, Tom. Uh, it's always exciting to see on the menu. It'll be like Tom, Tom's creation or something. Uh, it, it's just thrilling, you know, and it's it's good to know like that the the even the bartenders there are putting so much thought uh, into what they want to serve.
1: Um, yeah, it's a pain sometimes when we have to bring new bartenders in because having to learn all those cocktails and kind of reprogram people, it, it takes it can take a while. Sure. But I think I think uh, we have a spirited group that is up for the challenge. A spirited group.
0: I like what you did there. I, I, not on purpose, but oh, no, nope, <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm using that again sometime. <laughs> uh, so um, you mentioned blue palms before, yeah. and they, I believe that they indicate which beers on their menu are vegan. I think I'm, we we do that. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if they do that or not. I thought that I remembered
1: seeing like something, but uh, you no, know, I don't. I don't. I, I go there quite frequently, and I've never noticed that. But they may We we do crazy. it on all our menus. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, you know, not very many beers aren't vegan, but we make sure that we, we mark them on ours. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian's doing that now. I know he's he's expanded his menu. He's got a bunch of vegan stuff on there.
0: Quite possibly. Yeah. Uh, but the 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 idea that beers aren't vegan sometimes uh, still shocks people and I've talked about this a few times on the show before with beers and wine uh, just about what can make um, a beverage not vegan and I was wondering if you could she go ahead and make- explain that. I talk about this a lot because we do
1: the annual uh, Vegan Beer Festival which is a blast. Oh thank you yeah, yeah. and uh, um, so I feel like I've, I, I feel like this is a canned response but basically the number one thing that makes beer not vegan is our clarifying agents. So people use gelatin, fish findings, Isinglass, fish bladders, you know, stuff like that, which basically is a, an efficient and inexpensive way to clarify or filter beer. And basically, just think about it, just takes all the floaties out of your beer, and then you can skim the gelatin, mm-hmm. gelatin or whatever off the top. Um, a lot of breweries use that. Um, some really great breweries use it, which... It's a shame for those of us who don't get to drink those beers, um, but most breweries don't. It's a very it's a very rare. Uh, honey is a really common ingredient. Like I said before, honey. Like you know, I prefer not to drink honey beers. We we make one beer here that has honey in it, but which one is that? Just for- um, there are two different versions of El Jefe and Yejo that we make. One okay. which is a tequila barrel aged hefeweizen. One is made with agave syrup, and one is made with honey. And they sometimes even blend them together. If they're ever not vegan, it'll always be marked on their board, though. And it's, re- it's rarely ever served outside of our brewery because it's a, it's a barrel-aged, limited-release beer that we, I think, we've put it out three times in the last year.
0: Okay, uh, so. So those are those are,
1: you know, honey. Then there's some real obvious ones like, for instance, uh, oyster stouts that actually have oysters of in them. Course, of course. Um, there's a brewery up in Santa Cruz that makes a bacon beer with bacon in it. You know, th- those ones aren't that tough to figure out.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, there's
1: a, yeah. If there's a picture of a slice of bacon on your can of beer. Then you probably don't want to drink.
0: Either. Yeah. Why would you even want to even go near that? Uh, so, it's all for finding or filtering. Um, is if if then a beer is not filtered, uh, is, is there a difference? I mean, well, when, when does you know, when we, filter, we like there are lots of other ways to filter beer. <clears throat> you can you can,
1: you know, plate filter it. You can there are lots of there are uh, some people use uh, C E, which is I'm uh, oh, sorry D E, which is a uh, um, basically like earth and like almost like fossils that you can actually filter beer through. And this, I think it's vegan if the, if the animal died on its own.
0: Yeah, I think that you'd have to be an extreme vegan to yeah, so. go as far back as fossils. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so.
1: So. so D, uh, there, there are other kinds of filters. There There's ways to uh, reduce um, all the f- – there's, there's lots of different ways to reduce um, – uh, or to clarify your beer, and uh, here we like, we have a sock filter that we use, we have a plate filter that we use, we have a centrifuge that we you know there's a bunch of different things. So uh, that's why most beer isn't uh, isn't uh, is vegan, mm-hmm.
0: you know. And it, the same goes for wine too, because that's another. I know very little about wine Yeah, but. I figured I'd ask just in case I'll, I'll get a wine guy on, yeah, we'll talk exactly, about it Exactly. Uh, but I know that there's some of the same things You know, the fish parts And egg yeah. whites and stuff like that um, So You are uh, At your I'm gonna, I'm gonna Do a little bit of editing here uh, So at Tony's, Darts Away yes. um, You said that Is everything there, all the beer vegan? Occasionally we have beers that aren't. Um,
1: we have a couple breweries in particular that we really like that have – like uh, there's a brewery up in uh, Helzburg, um in Sonoma. Uh, they actually have two locations, one in Heldsburg and one in I think Cloverdale. And in their Cloverdale facility, they filter everything without gelatin. Mm-hmm. And those are their big brands. So they make, they make Racer 5 and they make Hop Rod Rye and beers like that. And those beers are vegan now, but they weren't for a long time. Right.
0: Yeah, I remember when I heard that Racer 5 was vegan, I was just like, oh, yes, thank you so much. Yeah, it's a good beer. Um, the the
1: smaller, like the brew pub where they started, which is in downtown Helzberg, um, they still use gelatin there. So beers like um, um, XP, which is their, their extra pale, or um, Tartar, which is their uh, Berliner Weiss, Uh, just a couple others that we've had on at Tony's when we have those on it'll mark NP right next or NV next right Mm -hmm. next to them Um, some other breweries like a brewery that I absolutely love and I have to say I've was drinking them for a long time and then found out that most of the beers aren't vegan it, it was like one of those like Oh no! How am I going to deal with this? But uh, it is Alpine, which is a tiny Alpine. little brewery. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and the, pretty much everything they make is delicious. And uh, it's sad for me that they that, that uh, I found that out. But we're going to have to spark a
0: letter-writing campaign. <laughs> exactly. I, I know those guys. They sell more beer than they could ever make. So I don't think they're going to they're going to be too moved by it. But uh, that means we got to send them a lot of letters. Uh, but apparently
1: they're uh, they're uh, they're. Um, Flanders, which is one of my favorite beers, they make is vegan. So
0: all right, Alpine Flanders. <laughs> it's called it's called Ned, which I think. Is oh, funny. that's great. Yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty great. And uh, while while it's fresh on my mind, I'm so curious to know how you thought of the name Tony's Darts Away.
1: It was really easy. I <laughs> bought a bar that was called Tony's Darts
0: Away. Whoa, really? <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. That's yeah. such it's such like a you feel like there's got there's got to be a story behind it <laughs> well i've heard so many
1: different stories about the history of that place and i kind of feel like in my mind i've put together all my favorite lore i don't know how much of it is, is accurate or not but here's the story i'm going to go with and until somebody okay. comes in and proves me wrong so there was this guy named tony not me the original tony who had this place at 1710 west magnolia in burbank and apparently they opened... It was called... Apparently he bought a place that was called the H&H. Okay. Okay. He changed it to Tony's Darts Way, And at that point, there was no liquor license on record ever in the history of California. So what was going on there, I don't know. But all the neighbors and everything said it's been a bar since time immemorial. So it seems like he was working without a liquor license. <laughs> It has been told to me by many, many people that it was mostly a bookie hall, and he was taking bets and that beer was kind of an afterthought and that it was just TVs and dartboards and guys would hang out there and make bets. And um, I had one guy tell me that he bought his wife his his uh, her engagement ring there, you know, like things like that. Like, I don't think it was ever a pawn shop or anything, but I think it was right. just, you know. An unofficial pawn shop. I don't know. I, I I kind of, the way I kind of think of it is. Somebody had a gambling debt, couldn't pay it, and brought in a ring, and right. somehow it ended up in the hands of somebody else. But
0: I, I don't know how that all happened. So it was just a sender for shady business.
1: You know, from, I, I I can't comment to that. All I can tell you is all I can tell you is that the, the the most fun stories I've heard have been about how Tony was this great gregarious guy, and people used to love to go in there and hang out with them, and it was always fun, and it was never heavy. But it was you know definitely if you needed to make a bet, that was the place to go in Burbank. And um, and then in something happened in 1977, they applied for they were applied for and got a liquor license. And what I was told by a, a police officer in Burbank, who, whose father was a police officer in Burbank, said that basically nobody wanted to tell him he needed a liquor license, but finally it became clear that he had to go get one. Wow. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if I just ratted out a police officer, but whatever. You didn't use I, any names. But I wonder right. how many of them have fathers that were also in the PD.
0: But anyway. So. I I'm, I'm doubt that there are many people who listen to this <laughs> that are going to be ratting anybody out. Uh, All right, so... Um, So, in 1977, he applied for and got a
1: liquor license. And so, if you ever look on our logo, it says LE 1977. So, legally established 1977. And we know that that's all public record, you know, all that, like when when all that happened. Anyone can find that. And then, um, I guess, uh, Tony got older and bequeathed it to his daughter, Maria, who. Um, who ran it for just a few years but I don't think her heart was in it because apparently the place fell into some disrepair and really nice lady, I've heard all kinds of great things about her but she ended up selling it to this other fella who changed the name from Tony's Darts Away to just Darts Away and to make that drastic change he took some primer and painted over the name Tony's Uh. but as people who know would know that the primer doesn't last that long especially (laughs) not in the Burbank Sun so like six months later, it was clearly Tony's Darts Way again. So when I bought it, it wasn't actually called Tony's Darts Way, it was actually called Darts Way officially,
0: but everybody referred to it as Tony's. Mm. and that's the long story. So maybe that's why people seem to think that it's been your place longer, you know, it's always been Tony's darts yeah. away. You are A Tony, not yeah. that Tony, but you are that Tony now. In so. 1977 when that place got
1: was licensed, I was 6 years old. And <laughs> didn't you didn't know it then? As savvy as a bar owner as I like to think I am. <laughs> it didn't start that it didn't start that
0: long ago. Well, that's a that's a really cool story. That's I see I never knew that and I'm sure that a lot of people um might might not and we would yeah, enjoy that i would say at least once a month someone comes in like what the hell man where are all the dartboards i've I read about you in the paper i brought and they, they
1: come in they have their their own darts you know and stuff like that and like I, you know and we have one dartboard it's like, like yeah it's it's it's, yeah. it's in the back, and i always tell people that when i got there and there were four three or four dartboards and they were all in the middle of the bar but there were no people so it didn't matter right, 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 right. Like, you come in my you come in our bar on a any evening time and try and throw a dart in the middle there you're gonna hurt somebody pretty badly
0: yeah definitely <laughs> it's a busy place they're throwing some sharp objects around is probably not a good idea. Uh, so you are an extremely busy person um So, first of all, I'm not going to take up too much more of your time, but also I know that uh, you probably have to do a lot of snacking to keep yourself going through the day. Uh, You know, owning and operating not only three uh, brew pubs, well, uh, bar pubs and restaurants and stuff, but also the brewery itself. So, uh, why don't you tell me what kind of stuff you like to uh, snack on throughout the day?
1: Well, first thing is I have – I always have a favorite at each of the three places and then my – I don't know how, why I do this. I'm kind of a creature of habit, but I basically eat them until I'm so burnt out on them that I never eat them again. So I – like, you know, so for instance, like right now when I'm here at the brewery, I eat the the, uh, pan-fried quinoa burger
0: and I I, I literally eat it
1: every day. And it's gotten to the point now where I go – I stand up there and I try so hard to – Pick something else And I just can't And I just keep having it
0: That's usually Like whenever I come here I look at the um, Because now it's on the Official menu It used to be just a special But the IPA battered Avocado Lettuce and tomato And That is so good But it's like I can't keep getting that it's not good for me <laughs> well the quinoa burger comes deep fried or pan fried
1: and i don't think pan fried's is that much better but i right. feel better by myself right.
0: <laughs> knowing that i'm getting the pan fried one absolutely yeah today i came in i came early and i got the coconut noodle salad i felt good, like right. that was you know being a little healthier uh, adam our chef was hired because of that salad he came up to our
1: house he's a passionate home brewer and and he um, he actually was trying to get a cooking job at Mohawk, and we met him. We were like, "This guy would be great for the brewery." So we told him we were opening this brewery restaurant, and he got really excited. And anyway, we came up to our house, and I said, "Okay, half the things you make need to be vegan because we want to try them." And then half of them, we had a couple friends who were kind of tasting with us, and he made this pad Thai salad, the coconut uh-huh. noodle salad, where he actually cut open a coconut and made the noodles by hand, and then served it to us. And he was then making a second dish, and while we were talking, he was saying how he was so excited about this, and he really hoped he'd get the opportunity to work here. And we were eating the dish, and we were like, you better call your boss and give notice. And we had <laughs> literally at, like, at, in my kitchen
0: at my house. <laughs> and uh, that was it. We never even interviewed anybody else after that. You guys have so much amazing food here. I, I, it's always a challenge to try to figure it out. And you, from on Monday through Thursday, uh, from like 11 to 3, you guys have lunch specials. One item that's vegan, one that isn't, uh, which is always yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, but you also do have a snacks portion of your menu. Um, I mean, there are some pretty popular. The, the pretzel, is the pretzel,
1: is <laughs> people the, go crazy for that pretzel, and we don't make the pretzel in house. Actually, it comes from a San Diego pretzel company, obviously in San Diego. If sure, you imagine that. Um, <laughs> and we make it. We have like a, a vegan pimento cheese dip. Yeah, sauce. yeah, you it's could. You get, yeah,
0: you, you indicate whether you want the vegan or not, and that stuff is great. And then the most popular thing, which I
1: literally like, I I have to I like feel like I need to warn everybody about is the uh, Dijon wasabi. It is so spicy. I, I don't know how people eat that. We <laughs> everybody gets it. I know people come and they're like ah, oh, I'll take two of those. Like they love it. Uh, one bite and my sinuses are cleared for like a month.
0: Oh yeah, I mean just like a little tiny 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 bit, on like you know with a lot of pretzel to it <laughs> will do you good. And it's like I'll I'll mostly do the the other dip, the, and it, that's like great yeah but then it's like occasionally just be like all right i'll do one with the mustard but it's it's pretty pretty mind-blowing yeah and then you have uh the kale rolls on there Yeah, the dino really
1: kale rolls good. those are really good they're uh they're um dino kale wrap um sorry it's a uh, quinoa wrapped in uh dino kale that's wilted it's those are really good i mean we we tr- I have to say, we tried to break away from standard pub fare as much as possible, just like we tried to do at Tony's. like tried to do a different kind of sausage bar, and at Mohawk, we tried to do a different kind of pizza place. And the whole idea for us is we want to do something that's fun and interesting. We don't want, If we don't think it's worth doing or we feel like it's too much of what other people are doing, then there's no point in really pursuing mm-hmm. it. Uh, here... Well, I I see us sliding a little bit more into more typical pub fare, but we're trying to do things. We always try to have more options and have a little more, little more thoughtfulness into it than just going with like you know slapping together a slapping together you know a a, a cheeseburger or something like
0: that. Right, and it's definitely very apparent. And uh, no, absolutely, it's uh it's exciting to come first of all because there 's the specials and you don 't know what it's going to be every week and everything but uh there's it's just such a a big menu with a lot of fun stuff there 's the uh you know the the fritters on the the snacks menu um I saw on there did you guys always have the daya cheese option or yeah is that new that's that is always there
1: um people love it and hate it you know and it's right. one of the, it doesn't melt that well unless you bake it at the right temperature and all that kind of thing and uh, it doesn't get ordered that much I have to say and it doesn't surprise me that it doesn't get ordered that much because most of our food doesn't bake that long it, or mm-hmm. bake at all so um, that's not I, I wouldn't say it's one of our more popular things
0: yeah I mean it's nice that it's an option yeah. uh, we have it at all our places and of mm-hmm. the of the cheese pro- like
1: products like that I, th- I still think it's the best one mm-hmm. Um, but I I I think there's somebody's gonna come out with like the really good cheese someday. If they're, yeah.
0: all yeah. they're all getting there. They're all getting there. And also talking about snacks at Tony's Dartsway, uh, you guys have the sweet potato fries that you do vegan. Yeah. You just you don't you could easily just be like, here are some sweet potato fries. But instead, you do it up. Well, our our <laughs> um.
1: Our first chef at Tony's Dartsway was a guy named Pinch, and he is from Rochester, and he actually moved back to Rochester, but he made delicious food, and he was, he's like the last guy in the world who's going to eat anything vegan, I'll tell you that right now. Mm. In fact, um, when we interviewed him, this is, this is totally true, when we interviewed him, uh, we said, what are your favorite foods? And he's like, I don't know, I guess I'd say like... Bacon and mayonnaise, <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing. And he's like, "I know you're vegan. I'm just trying to bust your balls, you know." And anyway, so but and he's like, "But seriously, bacon and <laughs> bacon and mayonnaise." Um, and so we said to him, "Well, how would you how would you deal with this? Like, we need at least a half vegan menu, or you know, close to half vegan." And he's like, "He's like, he's like, I don't know. I never even tried it. You know, I've never even like thought of how to do that." So I kind of spent a little time with him showing him like he's like, Well, what do you do about butter? I'm like, Well, you know, can either use olive oil or you can use you know earth balance or something like that. Anyway, he ended up lit, honest to God, he ended up stop we never ordered mayonnaise again. He he thinks mayonnaise he thinks veganaise is better than mayonnaise. Uh-huh. He thinks it works better in a lot of things. We, like, that was one of the two things he said was his favorite things in the world. And we literally have Jack from Wholesome Foods deliver <laughs> giant. Tubs of vegan to our restaurant all the time.
0: It's, uh, I know so many people who are not vegan who prefer yeah. it to mayonnaise. Yeah, and
1: I mean, and same with Earth Balance. So mm-hmm. anyway, so Pinch, um, he had made those sweet potato fries and won this big contest in Rochester with it at the restaurant. Can,
0: can you explain what it? What's yeah. different about them?
1: Uh, well, they're they're uh, deep fried sweet potatoes, which like French fries, right? And then he tosses them in a um, maple chipotle sauce. That we, that we make with his recipe, so I can't give you any more details, but That's there's fine. maple in there, there's chipotle, and there's earth balance, and then a couple other things that we can't talk about. And then um, we make this uh, almond brittle, vegan almond right, brittle, right, and right. then he crushes that up and sprinkles it on top to give it a little extra crunch. And as my daughter, do- my daughter refers to them as my, I have my my older daughter refers to them as candy fries.
0: Candy fries, and they kind of are, you know. It, yeah, it, it's, it's not it's not a healthy. Snack. It's definitely a sharing <laughs> thing where you can't eat too many of them. And you need about
1: one napkin for every
0: fry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not
1: an environmentally friendly dish,
0: right? And um, just and you did mention that uh, Tony's Darts Away is more of like a so- a place to go for like sausage, yeah. and you do have. Um, animal based sausage yeah, but yeah, but also the vegan sausage menu is extremely comprehensive, and you know tons all the fixins and everything the idea behind the menu there was uh, well, first of all, I based a lot of the
1: concept of how that pub worked based on um, a pub in San Francisco called the Tornado, which is kind of like my favorite—not kind of like—which is my favorite bar in the world. And right next door to the Tornado, there's a little sausage stand. And so most people, when you're drinking at Tornado, you go next door and get a sausage, and they'll, they'll even bring them over to you, or you know, they clear the baskets and everything. And so I wanted to—I I thought it'd be fun to do something like that. But what I also wanted to do was I wanted to present as many and as wide a range of flavors that people could pair with their beers as possible. But if you've been to Tony's Artsway, which you have, it's a pretty tiny kitchen. I think it's a seven feet by four, no, seven by 12 feet. That's it. That's, 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 that's the whole kitchen. And on a good day, we'll pump three, 400 meals out of there. Mm-hmm. So you can't have that much. I mean, it's not like we can't offer a cheesecake style menu, you know?
0: Right. Uh, yeah. Um, good friend of mine, Mike Price. Uh, I don't like well, Yeah, much. he was a uh, chef over there for, for quite a while. He's and a big guy for a little kitchen like that. <laughs> big guy for a little kitchen. And he, uh, I would ask him sometimes while he was still working there, I was like, you know, oh, could you do something like this? And he's like, it's a really small kitchen, uh, very limited. and But the things that you guys can do there is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, what you were asking about snacks. So my, yes. my snack there, and anybody who hasn't tried these, and I, I, I'm not trying to push any one thing, but... We make a dish called uh, Denver Wings. Remember, I think they might just call them uh, Hot Wings now. I don't know. But we call them Denver Wings because there's a restaurant in Denver called City o City. And after Great American Beer Festival, you can. it's not that far away. And every vegan beer person in the world, in the, not the world, but in, uh, in the United States, is in this restaurant at one time. Oh, wow. And it was pretty funny. Last year, after the first day, I walked in there. I, like, we're in Denver. I knew – at least half the people in the uh-huh. restaurant and everybody's just like high-fiving and hugging each other like what do you you know anyway they make these wings there these vegan wings that are so good and i just Asked to talk to the chef, and he gave me the recipe. So we make them. We make them there now, and they're and,
0: amazing. And what's? The, can you repeat the name of that place? Oh, City O oh, City. City O oh, City. So anybody, if you're in Denver, go to City O oh, City. Yeah. If anybody's listening in Denver and you don't know about this place, check it out. If you're in Denver and you're listening to this and you don't know about this place, then you've got a problem. <laughs> hey, you know, people listen to this who aren't vegan or you know who are just interested in right. checking around, maybe just clicking around on iTunes. Who knows? Uh, okay, so. We talked about the snacks at, uh, at Golden Road, talked about the snacks at uh, Tony's Arts Away, Mohawk Bend.
1: Well, the cauliflower. Everybody buys the, it.
0: Everybody, the buffalo cauliflower. Everybody gets the cauliflower. Has that been on the menu? Because I feel like I didn't see it last time. No, week. so uh, Mike Garber's our chef there, mm-hmm. our executive chef there. And
1: one day he just made them. I don't know if he's been making them at home or if he was inspired because we make him make all this vegan food or whatever. He made it, and it was one of those. It was like a runaway train. Like he literally he made it, and I think it was supposed to just be a special. And it was so good. I I bet if it was up to Mike just personally, he'd probably take it off the menu because he's so sick of making them. (laughs) Um, I was talking with Dana, uh, who's the GM I was talking about. She I I think she said that almost every table gets an order of the the cauliflower
0: it's amazing and it comes with a vegan blue cheese blue cheese yeah that's
1: delicious cheese actually and he makes that in-house that's that that's really good sauce and and anyway that stuff is really good and if you ever go you know on mondays we do uh, meatless monday specials sure so uh he has in the past done a buffalo cauliflower pizza with the blue cheese and the cauliflower and the celery
0: and everything all on a pizza and it's that's if you ever catch those, that's a, that's a nice thing. Wow. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned earlier Mohawk Bend is m- mostly pizza. I mean, you do have other entrees. It's about, it's and about, The menu is about half pizzas and half other things. But I mean, we have mm-hmm. a, our veggie burgers, really good. Um,
1: mm-hmm. The uh, crab cakes. The best thing about the crab cakes is most people don't even realize that they're made out of hearts of palm and not crab. Uh-huh. And uh, there, it's, there's something interesting about, and Mike pointed this out, about how uh, the brininess of the parts of palm is so similar to the brininess of crab, and they are so good. And I've I've had two or three times where I've ordered them where I'm with people, and we'll have we'll have a few bites and i like, hey, why are you eating that? And they'll say, oh no, it's vegan. What you know? And they really like people who were excited to be eating crab could eat a whole one and five minutes later realize, wait, that wasn't even crab. And
0: I I get off on that, you know. I like <laughs> I, I
1: like I like exposing people to that.
0: Uh, if, if you are in Los Angeles or visiting, at, I suggest that right now while you're listening to this, um, go back and pause after each restaurant. Go to the restaurant, get what we're talking about, and then go to the next one and keep listening. And that's how you're going to incorporate yourself into this episode of the podcast. I agree uh, with that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then go back to each one and get some more. Uh, oh. This is off of the snacking topic, oh, but uh we, since you had mentioned pizza we were talking about pizza at uh mohawk Bend. Uh, it, pretty recently it was uh vegan pizza day yes. which was which is a, my favorite holiday oh, right. <laughs> uh yeah like a tree and everything i now. do i do um but I never, I never see it because I'm not getting pizza anywhere I can. But I started my day at Mohawk Ben with some very interesting pizzas. You guys did a peach one, yeah. and I also did the truffle oil uh, macaroni and cheese calzone, <laughs> which was the most insane thing. Who came up with that? That's Mike. Mike
1: Mike is Mike has a lot of fun back there, and uh, um, he did that. I mean, we at first it was hard because the temptation is to make pizzas with cheese on them. Mm-hmm. And then because of the limited cheese options, we use teas and we use follow, follow your heart and we use uh diet. But there, I think they just don't give what most people are looking for in a cheese pizza. Sometimes you can do it right, but there's only so much variation you can get out of it. Um, and we basically came back to Mike and said, make pizzas without cheese on them. Mm-hmm. Just like the, the, the pizza doesn't have to have that on there, and it really kind of freed him to do other things. And um, he makes the vegan bon mi pizza. I,
0: I had that one on
1: Friday. I, I, it's it's hard for me to go there and not order that. Like he, it's I, I great. I'll, I'll order just to go and just like eat it in the car. Like I literally have bits of it all over my car because <laughs> I like eat it while I'm driving all the time.
0: It's really really
1: yeah. Great. And then uh, he makes the ratatouille pizza, which again doesn't have any cheese on it mm-hmm. uh, or any uh, fake cheese on it either. And and he's been building the repertoire of different. Vegan pizzas, and he will use some of those cheeses a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the idea of like smothering it and making it look like a you know Domino's pizza or something is no, we're, no, we're no, over no, it.
0: No, no. Uh, the first time that I went there, I actually got. I was there with two friends who were not vegan, and they got the Abe Froman, uh, which is with sausage on it. If you're a Ferris Bueller fan, you know where that comes from. Mm-hmm. And I got the. Able Farm, Able Farmer. Able Farmer, <laughs> which is the vegan version. And my friends who I was with tried, you know, they had theirs and they tried mine and they preferred mine to it. They liked the sausage that was used better. What kind, what, what do you guys use for that? That's a, fe- I think that's a field, field roast. roast. I think, I, I'm pretty sure it's field roast. I'm not sure. Um, I, I'd have to check with him. Yeah. I, but they they preferred it completely, 100% to their dairy and meat. Yeah, that one has a lot of teas and a lot of... Um, that's, with, that's with teas and daya. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, I, do you ever mix uh, follow your heart and daya? You know, at, when I cook at home, I uh. use
1: only follow your heart.
0: I really it like m- Follow Your it
1: Heart. it melts at a predictable temperature. And that's, that's true. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. I, want, I just don't want to burn everything
0: else or anything. I, have you ever been to Hard Times Pizza in Silver Lake? I have been, yeah. Uh, I really like... Lo- they use Follow Your Heart there, yeah, and I really yeah. like the way that they do it. Um, but I've been to a place... Um, it used to be Pizza Fusion. It's Evo Kitchen in West Hollywood. I don't know. Uh, it's over... <sighs> right by Crescent Heights and Sunset. Between... Fairfax and Creston Heights, oh. but anyway, if I'm around there, I'm at Veggie Grill. I, I know it, it's you know? right; it's right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Veggie Grill also won Best American Restaurant mm-hmm. on, on in LA Times today for the Readers' Choice. Yeah, Best I, American I, Restaurant. I literally have to like drive fast by that place because <laughs> it's like a magnet <laughs> to me. It's it's pretty remarkable. But I was at Evo Kitchen once, and they have the option of Follow Your Heart or Daya, and I asked them to blend them together once. And it was so convincingly, like, dairy cheese that everybody in the restaurant was, like, hovering over it, being like, are you sure that's not dairy? Like, everybody. And the only person who could confirm it was the chef. Who was just like, no, I, I look, I, I promise you, that's what it is, and nobody right. could tell the difference. I'm, so.
1: a, I'm working on a new recipe tonight, then.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's. I don't know what the ratio was, but uh, it, it, you know, it had the the stretchiness and the the gooiness of oh. the daya and the the flavor of the follow your heart. Just dynamite. I'm going to have to send Mike in there for R&D trip. Yeah, right? A little undercover business. Um, but I, I've taken up a lot of your time. I, I know we didn't eat any snacks today, but... You can help yourself to the snack bar. It's right there. <laughs> I might have to. Right. Or, or maybe, you know what, maybe I'll have to just uh, grab a, a pretzel before I leave oh, yeah, here. please. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to get you one. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for talking to me. Is there anything that you want to add while, while you have a captive audience right now? Uh, thank you very much for listening. Oh, I'm gonna, I actually have one question. One last question. Uh, anywhere in the, let's say the world, what's your favorite place to go to eat? Um, Shojin. Shojin me too. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Shojin, if you're if you are a sushi or Japanese fan and you're in Los Angeles right in Little Tokyo, it's pretty darn good. It's pretty good. There's a place in uh in Manhattan
1: on uh, I think it's Park Avenue called I think it's called Francini, which is like the New York version. It's more of I think it's more of like Vietnamese style or something. Okay. It's unbelievable also. So it depends on what coast you're on, but I would I would take Shojin over them by a nose. Should we be
0: expecting to see you opening up a Japanese nope. place anytime? No, <laughs> no time. For, no, I'm not doing that. I'm actually. I, have you ever been to Dirt Candy? Heard. Of, I've heard of Dirt Candy. I'm going there next month. I'm
1: really excited about that. I've been hearing such great things about it. And that's in New York. That's in New York yeah. also. Yeah. I, right.
0: shou- I say Shojin. Shojin of course or Mohawk Bend or, well, or Mohawk Bend of course <laughs> I was going to say you not to say any of your places but that would not be fair because they are some of the best places uh, and anybody vegan or not vegan could definitely agree um, but so thank you very much for not only talking to me but for providing me with so much great food well, and uh, thanks and, for doing what you do and thanks for your interest in what we're doing here Absolutely. I'll, I'll be sure to be here again. This is our handshake. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Thanks, great video. <laughs> <The> audio. <laughs> audio, yeah. right. All right. Well, thank you so much, and thank you, to everybody, for listening. Bye. <laughs>